storyteller. Now, a person who tells stories, or the My Way podcast with Michael Nix. Let me tell you a story. Growing up, I had a friend named, oh, let's, let's just call her Sally. Hi, Sally. Now, Sally and I went way back. We grade school dated, which means absolutely nothing at all, and we became even better friends in high school. Now, Sally liked the boys, and boy, did she go through them. You have no idea. They'd ask her out, and they would date for a few months, and then she'd break it off. And meanwhile, I, the ever-loyal boy who was her friend, would be nice and courteous and just wait for the other boys to fade away. We would continue on being friends, and life was good. Then one day, a boy came along who didn't fade away as quickly as the others, and their relationship reached a certain level that the others hadn't. I soon had a green-eyed monster sitting on my shoulder, and those feelings of jealousy grew, and as my feelings turned more negative, the other boy's feelings did as well. Sally would tell her boyfriend that she and I were just friends, which was true, and she would tell me that there are some things that she could only talk about with me, which I felt was true. The battle for attention soon became who can monopolize Sally's time. He started to nag her for spending time with me, and I did the same when she would be with him. Then one night, Sally and I went for a drive. I parked my car in some parking lot somewhere, and we chatted and listened to music. And after a while, my car battery died, and I convinced her that her boyfriend was the closest person, and he should be the one we call. That's a power play if I I ever saw one. Sally really didn't think... It was a good idea to call her boyfriend to come pick her up after she was stranded with another boy in a secluded parking lot. And while the serial killer movie setup would normally make me uneasy, I had other things on my mind at the time. Take a moment to analyze this story. Here I am, a 16-year-old who was gayer than a picnic basket, who had no romantic feelings towards my female friend, and who wanted to cause emotional discomfort to a friend and a relative stranger all because I was jealous. When I look back on this incident, I'm trying to make myself remember why I even cared. It's easy to say that now because Sally and I have grown apart as we got older, so it's easier to separate myself from those old feelings of jealousy. Many people believe that jealousy is an important emotion as it helps maintain relationships. It becomes that I don't like you hanging out with Sally, and I guess we're supposed to assume, you know, oh, they care about me, and that is why they're jealous of my other friend, you know, yada, yada, yada. What jealousy is all about is the fear of losing something you already have. I mean, that's actually, you know, an incredibly simple statement, but I think we get it. I also see jealousy as an incredibly selfish emotion. You know, I didn't really care if Sally's relationship broke up as long as she would be able to spend time with me. I think people have used jealousy as, you know, a murder defense, maybe. I'm pretty sure. Who knows? I believe the human body, left on its own, is an incredibly well-put-together machine, which leads me to believe that jealousy must serve a valuable purpose. However, like all emotions, we must look into it on, you know, our own individual level. Why am I feeling this way? What caused it? Does it need to be controlled? How is it affecting those around me? If your feelings of jealousy 
begin to affect those, you know, around you, you know, subconsciously or purposefully, you got yourself a problem. While I have no desire to deny your right to feel jealous, that feeling does not excuse you from common courtesy and respect for others. Sally had every right to have a relationship or, you know, rather a romantic relationship with someone. Your brother has every right to receive praise from your parents and your coworker may be paid more than you, but have you examined her work history or examined your own? Again, I will not make a blanket statement that, you know, jealousy and envy are bad emotions. I think they can be necessary emotions. I think there's a reason why these emotions exist in our mind. However, we had better learn to control these emotions and, you know, not let them control us. Now, many people use jealousy and envy interchangeably. You know, but did you know they're two different things? I felt like I was on Sesame Street there for a second. I want to tell you an envy story now. I got a lot of stories people say, you know, they're going to keep on coming. A few years ago, there was a singer who was around my age. I've never met him, and I actually like a few of his songs. A few years ago, he released a self-funded music video, and it took off. He had millions of downloads and interviews and new fans galore. I, meanwhile, had one failed web series pilot, one failed blog, and a new podcast that was generating close to zero interest. I let that envy seep into my life. I mean, I've never even met this person. But from my point of view, he put together a video and just threw it out there, and he took off. Why didn't that happen to me? Why wasn't it me? Why was this guy able to take off after just one thing, and then my projects barely got off the ground? You know, I just thought, you know, life is just so unfair. Let me be blunt with you here for a second. There is nothing more unattractive than a person who constantly bitches about life being unfair. I'm a firm believer that anything is possible as long as you put forth the effort. The singer, for example, I found out that he had spent years singing in clubs or bars. He had wrote his own songs for years and then maxed out credit cards to get this video made. He took a risk, a financial risk. He wasn't afraid to put himself out there for the world to judge. And luckily, it paid off for him. The singer I'm talking about is Steve Grandin. I wish him the best of luck, although I'm still envious that he has a great body and has pictures of himself eating Big Macs. Meanwhile, I work out every day, and if I eat a piece of spinach with too much olive oil on it, I balloon up like a chubby chubby checker. But anyway, I'm trying to remove that envy from my life in terms of working out too, because if Mr. Grand gets fat, that doesn't make me skinny. If I get ripped, that doesn't make Mr. Grand less desirable. You know, work out to please yourself and no one else. Envy is heavily tied to self-esteem, to your self-esteem. There are times when I feel pretty confident in myself. You know, every morning I'm 8.15 or so, I look in my bathroom mirror and I think to myself, oh boy, do I look good today. And honestly, I pretty much every morning at 8.15 I do that. And I'm like, ooh, I look good. Then I'll head to the bathroom around 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And I'm sure you're not very interested in my bathroom schedule, but there you are. Anyway, I'll be in the bathroom at work and I'll see myself. And I'm shocked. Every single day, I'm shocked because the well-put-together man has disappeared And in his place, I see a pale redhead with some sort of unibrow concoction forming around my eyes. I swear to God, no matter how much I try to clean up up there, there are always blonde hairs that 
the lights at work just love to magnify. I've noticed that before my morning bathroom trip, before my self-esteem takes a dip, I'm fairly impartial to the people who come and go at the office, you know, while I'm working. But God help you. God help you if you're an attractive young man and you happen to come in after I use the bathroom. The me before the water closet trip and the me after are two very different people. I suddenly fixate on features that I deem attractive on others and discount whatever positives there may be about myself. I may also let my envy influence my judgment of these people. You know, maybe like, you know, I'll think to myself, he's dumb or he's probably stuck up, et cetera, et cetera. And for the most part, these people are very, you know, respectful of me. And so, you know, no idea where I get these judgments from. I think just my own bitterness, maybe. The biggest challenge to controlling envy or attempting to get it out of your life is to look at yourself. We wrongly assume that the other half has it all, or at least has what we want. We will never know how the other half lives. Because even when we get there, I feel like we'll st- we're, we're still going to be looking up, you know, at someone we consider even more impressive than ourselves. There will always be someone richer and smarter and prettier and more talented. As corny as this sounds, and I want you to pause this podcast and answer this question. You know, what are three aspects of you, about yourself, that you adore? I mean, can be physical or mental. I don't care. But name them. If you want to combat envy, you must become confident in yourself. Envy is an upsetting emotion or feeling because it, 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 it's us admitting to ourselves that we're not the best or we are bad or that someone is better. You know, it's a crappy emotion. But like everything in life, it must be controlled. Why does it matter that Steve Grand can sing and I can't? It doesn't matter. I mean, Mr. Grand's singing voice has no, it's no reflection on me. Why does it matter if someone has a better body than you? So what? It happens. Now, if you want to get healthier or get, uh, you know, quote unquote, good body, it's up to you to do it. Please don't sit in your chair and bash someone with a good body while you take a seat and do nothing to help yourself. Envy is just your self-esteem talking. You may think I've spent a good portion of this podcast bashing jealousy and envy, which is not, not something that I'm trying to do. I've, I've been bashing, if that you know is the word you want to use, the instances where you lose control over your emotions and either use it as an excuse to hurt other people or as an excuse to not work for what you want or let it interfere with the personal goals you've, you have for yourself. I don't want you to deny your feelings, but I want you to examine them to discover the root cause and be smarter while you try to overcome them. I've been doing some research for this podcast, and it seems to many people that envy and competition are tied to each other. Now we can ask ourselves, are envious people more competitive, or do competitive people suffer from self-esteem issues? I don't think it really matters, you know, honestly. But again, there's nothing wrong with having some envy mixed in with your competitive nature. Nothing wrong with the desire to be near the top or even number one in your field. 
However, it is wrong to backstab, to hurt, to lie, or to be an all-around jackass to reach that point. You may argue that so-and-so does it, but, you know, I don't care what so-and-so does. I have said that you shouldn't let other people's positive traits act as a barrier to you trying to be the best version of yourself. And on the same token, you shouldn't allow other people's negative behavior to influence your own or to justify your own. If John Smith works in the same field as you, and he lies and cheats and backstabs, don't you dare use his behavior as a justification. I have a theory that, you know, really isn't my own, but, you know, I'll claim it if you want to give it to me. But I believe that people's behavior catches up with them. Sure, they may be able to be on top for a few years, but it slowly antagonizes everyone in their field. Then slowly, but surely, that individual will begin to struggle. They will find that the support and willingness of outsiders to help them will diminish. Eventually, your past catches up with you. No person is an island. I should, you know, I should wrap this up. But... I want to remind you that kindness and generosity are two very powerful tools towards success. I mean, I struggle with that myself. I feel that I need to be a killer, even though I don't really consider myself that, and or, you know, have a take-no-prisoners approach to my budding career. But I want you to hold me accountable, and I'll do the same thing for you. I feel you can still be tough and have high standards, but you don't form a team by belittling people or tearing them down or tearing the competition down. I invite you to tear down any cynicism you may have before my next statement. But in the end, we're all unique, and we all have our own story and point of view formed by life experiences that are unique to us on an individual level. Don't be envious or jealous of others, as you have your own story to tell. And While I may never meet you or get a chance to sit down and have a nice long chat with you, I know you're unique. I really, I truly believe that. And I just hate you for it. I'm just kidding. I don't really hate you. Before I go, I want to ask you if you did your assignment last week. Did you go on a walk by yourself without any distractions, electronic or otherwise? And what did you think about? Now, my assignment for next time, you know, I'm going to have a corny alert for this one, is write down three positive traits you feel you have and then find a person you feel maybe a little envious of or jealous of and write down three positive traits that pertain towards them, to that person. Now, this could be your sister or the president of the United States of America. I don't care. You just do it. Just try it. All right? So until next time, I'm Michael Nix, and I I hope you enjoyed your time with me today. All the best. Thank you for listening to My Way Podcast. Before you go, we depend on your financial support to keep our podcast going. Please give us your support by going to patreon.com and searching for My Way Podcast. If you'd like to say hi, please visit our Facebook page or reach out to Michael personally on Instagram, Michael Nix, or Twitter at Mikey W. Nix, or simply rate and subscribe. The end.